This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast where we help you learn to invest in 45 minutes or less. We break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? Good. Excited to chat stocks as always. Yes. Good episode coming up. Yeah, well, we're blowing the dust off something that we haven't spoken about in over two years. Yeah, and I'm sure this is going to be a good episode. We've done some research and one of the highest uh, search terms that a lot of people do on Google for equity mates is equity mates portfolio. So either they're wanting to know what's in your portfolio, Ren, or they want to know about our paper portfolio that we started way back at the start of equity mates yeah well the the original design of equity mates was around doing a hypothetical portfolio and picking stocks and yeah. all of that and then there were some questions raised about does this constitute buying advice advice yes, yes. we were spooked yes. by the legality of the yeah. whole thing um, and in, in classic <laughs> fashion rather than doing any decent research around the the process and talking to a lawyer we just decided to sack the whole thing well we tried to speak to a lawyer but we couldn't get anyone to give us free legal advice <laughs> <True>. <laughs> and we weren't the giant of Australian finance podcasting that you see today no. instead we were two people who were releasing what an episode every fortnight we were doing something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and without any pro bono financial services legal advice we decided to put it on ice for a little bit but the good news is that we have kept it running in the background and so what we're going to do today if i kept it running in the background we mean we kept a note of the six stocks that we talked about no we've got a live google (laughs) live google spreadsheet going so we, this is in relation to our hypothetical portfolio. As you said, Ren, we, so we did a stock a week. We, we feel two years later, it's no longer a live buy and sell recommendation, so we can talk about it again. Absolutely. We're going to go through each of the stocks that we put in the portfolio. We're going to review what we actually wrote at the time because we did do some blog posts about these stocks, why we like them, what they are. And then we'll just have a look at the price and I guess overall how the portfolio has performed over the last two years. (laughs) (laughs) So let's go in order of stocks, how we picked them. And we should say, I'm pretty sure if you go back in our back catalogue, we probably did an episode on each one of these stocks. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. we we did. And all of our blog posts are still up on the website if you want to have a read. So we're about to go through them now. So in the first stock that is in our hypothetical portfolio is the Gateway Lifestyle Group. And that was purchased on the 16th of February, 2017 at a price of $2.01. The logic behind this was we bought, if everything we did, we bought $1,000 worth. Yes. And it was $1,000 once a month, which we thought people were saving. That wasn't an unrealistic number. Gateway Lifestyle Group, no longer ASX listed. Its ASX code was GTY. Yep. Um, Should we go through our post and then talk about what happened? Sure, let's do it. So it's a long post. I have a habit of waffling. Yes. (laughs) Um, So the Gateway Lifestyle Group was an alternative to the traditional retirement village. Essentially, you purchased your home from Gateway and they manufactured it for you and you were charged for the home but not the land and making it a more affordable option. So 
we bought this given the structural factor of baby boomers retiring. Absolutely, yeah. This was a growth industry. Yes, yes. Sales went from $5 million in F15 to $113 million in F16, which is obviously massive and it seemed like Gateway were really getting their act together and were getting ready for this wave of retirement that was coming. So th- there's a there's a lot of detail in the post, but that was really the logic behind it. Yeah, nice. So we bought 491 shares at a price of $2.01. Where's it up to now though? You mentioned that it's not listed. So the company was taken over and there's a bit of a story. So to be transparent, the stock was actually down from where we bought it. It was in like the $1.80 range. And then the US company Hometown put in a takeover bid for Gateway and that that saw the share price jump up. I think their takeover price was at $2.10. What we then saw was a bidding war between Hometown and Canadian company Brookfield, which Hometown eventually won and they bought out the Gateway Lifestyle Group shareholders um, in a cash offer at $2.25 a share. And so the way that that would have worked is as shareholders that we were, one day the shares would have disappeared from our brokerage account and in its place would have been cash commensurate to $2.25 a share. Ka-ching. So if we look at that trade, 491 shares we had Ren closed out at two twenty five. So that was a gain of $117.84 for us or just under 12% return. So pretty good. We'd be happy with that. Yeah. I'm happy with it. <laughs> so that's sitting in cash. So let's move on to our second stock pick. We bought this on the 21st of March, 2017, and it's called PM Capital Global Opportunities Fund, Ren. PGF is the ticker. It is still listed. It is. And we bought it at 98 cents. Yes, and it's now $1.18, so 200 bucks up. This Global Opportunities Fund, so PM is Paul Moore. We did a Meet the Investor episode on him and would love to get him on the podcast if he's listening. So this company is a listed investment company. It's a company that takes the money that it raises when it lists on the share market and invests in other shares, essentially. And if you're investing in this listed investment company, you're essentially backing Paul Moore and his team to invest that money and get a better return than um, well, than you could or that buying an index could. And so far, Paul Moore has done pretty good to us. We're up about 20%. Important to point out, Ren, that this was a, an interesting moment for us because we actually got this sort of stock tip from Andrew Brown, who we interviewed right at the very start of our investing journey. And he start, started chatting about this stock. There's nothing wrong with necessarily following other people's thinking. We then did go away and do our own research on this stock and determined that it was a pretty interesting one to get involved in. I think they invest in around 25 to 45 global companies that are hopefully trading below their sort of intrinsic value or or looking for bargains essentially. So we put some cash in and it's paying dividends at the moment. Yeah, I don't know if it literally pays dividends, but there, yeah, there's no points for originality. This was after our first Equity Mates interview with Andrew Brown. He was talking about PM Capital. Actually, I think he was talking about it on the podcast. Yeah, he um, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So pretty happy with that one. Thank you, Andrew. 20% return on that. Equity Mates. The third addition to our hypothetical portfolio, Ren, was Australian Agricultural Company 
double A C is the ticker. We bought that on the twelfth of April, two thousand seventeen, and its purchase price was a dollar sixty eight. Yes. Now it is a vertically integrated beef producer. It was very much a China trade. Yes. The unfortunate thing since then is the drought. Yeah. And it has not gone that well. The share price is down from a dollar sixty eight to less than a dollar. Yeah, so we have suffered our first loss in this portfolio, Ren. We had five hundred and eighty eight shares. We're down about four hundred bucks on that trade though, so down forty percent. Mm. So that one hurts a little. Yeah, now I think this is a classic example of when, you know, like being being aware of your thesis, being aware of the broader market and selling when you need to sell. Similar to my stock of the year pick with Costa Group, I think selling when conditions really changed and when the prospects for these businesses really changed would be the prudent thing to do. So if we had kept a closer eye on things in this hypothetical portfolio, are you suggesting that we perhaps would have sold this knowing what is going on in the industry at the moment? I think so, yes. 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 (laughs) Other than the drought, it doesn't seem a lot has changed in in that space. No, I I think uh, agricultural export story in Australia is still present. Yeah. It's just that the drought is really affecting it. And obviously, there's questions around how reliant they are on China, given China's regulatory approvals and stuff like that. But you know, at, at its core, the thesis around selling to the premium category of the Asian market is still alive and kicking. Absolutely. This next one is really the whole reason you wanted to do this episode. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> 80% of the reason. <laughs> no. 80% of the returns and 80% of the reason. It doesn't mean anything. It's all, on, it's all on paper anyways, so whatever. More than 80% of the returns, actually. <laughs> Our fourth addition to the hypothetical portfolio was Afterpay Touch Group at $2.55, Ren. We got in on that. On the 10th of May, 2017, its ticket is APT. And it is now trading at $27.12, down from a high of, I think, about 35 bucks. So Still 10 bagged it. Yeah, we got 388 shares and it's done very well since then. And if you have been following us since the journey, you know that Ren and I have conflicting views on this in some regards. Yes, so yes. certainly and you've made the money and I've well I haven't lost it but I haven't made it. So, <laughs> so Afterpay has been kicking goals. Uh, it was an interesting sort of growth stock when we jumped into it. I thought it had great potential just knowing how some of my friends bought things online. So we jumped in on that and uh, now since then it's had, you know, expansion plans across America and now going into Europe. So it's interesting though, Ren, yesterday Zip Pay. Yeah, got its deal with Amazon. Got its deal with Amazon, <laughs> which is huge. So I don't know how they beat Afterpay to get that deal, but good on them. So Zip, I think, is absolutely flying at the moment. Jumped at 16% yesterday, recovering a bit this morning. But anyway, it's not in our portfolio. Afterpay is. And it just goes to show, Ren, the market value of that now in an, in the portfolio is 10520 bucks. I just don't understand why Amazon need a third party to clip the ticket to do this. If the way that they cycle their capital is such that, you know, their payment terms to suppliers are 90 days and they sell product within 15 days, so they're always got a positive working capital situation going. I just feel like there, there would have been a way that they could have constructed this so they could have offered buy now, pay later and still 
maintain that working cap positive working capital i just don't know like maybe you can explain it to me i don't understand why amazon couldn't have offered this themselves yeah i couldn't answer that i'm not working for amazon but um (laughs) it's probably just one of those things where it's easier to partner and create that ecosystem than perhaps going uh, using the resources and as you say maybe their working capital is not quite as good as you, you expect it to be who knows yeah. Maybe we should ask Jeff Bezos, get him on the show. <laughs> or we should try and I get just, someone from Zip to explain what the oh, what the logic's for. Yeah, I just I like well it's great for Zip. Like it is yeah. just opened up a market for them. But I just don't understand why Amazon would let anyone clip the ticket. Because Afterpay takes six percent. Yeah, but if it, it depends what products. If if it's on a product that is not an owned brand Amazon, then the supplier is actually paying for that, not Amazon itself. That's even more of a reason. Why wouldn't Amazon want to take that from the supplier? It's probably an additional cost to the supplier, though, not from its existing cost base, if that makes sense. It would be an an added cost to the supplier. Yeah, 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 that's going to zip Yeah, rather than Amazon. Yeah, well, I mean, who knows why Amazon (laughs) haven't done it? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not me. That's why I'm confused. Anyway, again, uh, maybe like this whole creditworthiness check, this technology is something that I'm not fully understanding, but... I feel like Amazon would have enough data points on its customers to be able to do a pretty thorough creditworthy check very quickly and then decide whether they're going to offer this to them. Anyway, that's very much beside the point. On your stock tip, we have 10 bags after pay. Yeah, big. So, so well done to you. The return on that 963% profit of $9,533. So really helping the portfolio total returns there. <laughs> <laughs> so our Fifth stock for the hypothetical portfolio was bought on the 9th of June, 2017, and it was the Australian Equities Bear Hedge Fund. Ticker is B-E-A-R. We bought it at $15.10. We got 66 shares of them. And I think, Ren, this was a purchase that we were more just showing what this stock can do. No, look, I think we were a little bit bearish at the time. 2017, that was the year that you predicted the market would crash on <laughs> October. Oh, no, that uh, was 2018. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, look, we also had found these inverse ETFs and wanted to talk about it. Given there was no selling in this hypothetical portfolio, we haven't sold it. Yes. But I think if you're going to use these ETFs, it's not something that you want to have in your portfolio over the long term. And that's been reflected in what's happened in the last two years where we bought this ETF at $15.10 and now it's $11.92, acting exactly as it should losing money when the market's going up. So, you know, it was good to put in the portfolio to talk about it. It would be a mistake to make it a long-term hold. Absolutely. Yeah. So to your point, Ren, Bear B-E-A-R is an inverse ETF that tracks the ASX 200. And we are down, to your point, Ren, 21% on that, about 211 bucks. So yeah, if we'd kept a closer eye, knowing market conditions at the moment, certainly not a long-term hold. And then to contradict that, well, not really because Bear is an Australian, but then we came across another ETF that we were really excited about, and that was the NASDAQ 100 ETF, or NDQ is its ticker, can purchase it on the ASX, and we bought that in July 2017 as well. Purchase price of $12.80. We bought 77 shares of that. 
and it's pretty self-explanatory. It was an ETF that tracked, I think, the top 100 companies on the NASDAQ. And so at the time, sort of the first products we'd come across that gave us exposure to the likes of Amazon, I think it was running pretty hard at the time, Google, Facebook. So uh, we really liked those prospects. Both of us actually bought into it in real life, I think. Ren, did you buy into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think this is a structural part of most people's portfolios, yeah. some NASDAQ ETF. Big time. Yeah, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Alphabet, Google, like they're, they're the big names that you talk about. But but some of the other names in there are just as important. Intel, Cisco, Adobe, Kraft Heinz, Walgreens, Starbucks, Mondelez, PayPal, Netflix, Activision Blizzard, eBay, Marriott, Mattel, Tel- Tesla. Quiz, what does Mattel make? Toys. Which one's its best known? Uh, Barbie. Nice. <laughs> Quiz for you. What's Walgreens? Uh, a supermarket. Uh, a retailer. No, it's a chemist. Yeah, 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 yeah. The other ones are all pretty self-explanatory. Who's a big shareholder in Kraft Heinz? Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so a really good return for us there, Ren. 58% up since the purchase of that. It's now trading at $20.24. So just goes to show, you know, being in the market, getting exposure to all of those companies, you can perform pretty well in a bull market yeah. anyway. Anyway. Yeah, I think if you're not exposed to the NASDAQ, then it might be something to look into. Yeah, not, certainly doesn't consider ha- that. It doesn't have to be through this particular ETF. Every ETF provider has an equivalent, buy the stocks directly, but there's a lot of growth coming out of that, yeah. <laughs> that market. Now, look, we've been very fortunate, I guess, that the times that we were picking these stocks, we have continued to see a strong bull market since over the last couple of years, and these stocks have been you know, exposed to that. So by no means have we been the experts on stock picking. We've had two losses in there and been very lucky with Afterpay. So yeah, or oh, and Gateway Lifestyle was a loss until the buyout offer true, started true, coming as well. True. Let's <laughs> let's be very clear. We haven't <laughs> Yeah. But okay, so I think that if we talk about big takeaways, that's my big takeaway. Yes. That you don't need to be right. Like Afterpay has more than made up for everything else. It was one out of we're betting one out of six in terms of big winners. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I think at our live show we asked the the panelists what they're sort of hit rate was and I think you know Matt was saying that he's right 30% of the yeah, time yeah Matt or said 3 like, out of 10 yeah. no other panellist answered yeah which, come on which makes me think that they're all batting around there yeah 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 <laughs> no I like I think a lot of people probably bat around there. Absolutely. Yeah. So total portfolio return ran 163.5% since 2017, a gain of 9,600 odd dollars, but that's mainly due to Afterpay kicking in there. So <laughs> Without Afterpay up $300? Yeah, but I'd off, take that. <laughs> off a $6,000 cost base. So what are we talking, 5%? Yeah, Okay. Your half your average ASX return <laughs> probably would have been best just to sit in the market and let index do its thing. That's my biggest takeaway. Put it all in NDQ. Forget stock picking and just go the index. But anyway. I think that's a good one though. I think mm. putting something in Afterpay and getting a massive return while also having the bulk of your money in long-term holds, whether it be indexes or whether it be, you know, Com- companies like Berkshire Hathaway or something like that. That's not a bad way to do it because yeah. then if you have a company like Afterpay that goes off, even having a small amount of your money, you know, 5%, 10%, whatever it is, in that and it goes off, but if you have 80% of your money in long-term indexes, you still see the upside of Afterpay, but if it goes if it goes pear-shaped and you invest in an Australian agricultural company rather than an Afterpay, it doesn't kill your overall portfolio. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So that's our hypothetical portfolio for 2017. We're thinking of ways in which we can do more of this sort of stuff. I want to do it again. I just don't know. Like the, the thing I was thinking about it, like do you do it like delayed? So it's like it's not a buy and sell recommendation because it's like a month delayed. But no one wants to see stuff a month no, delayed. That's, like, that's, yeah. No, that's crap. <laughs> so then it's like... Do we get an Australian financial services license? I think but- we just need to review the legality around it and we should be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll leave it there, Ren. Good to dust off the cobwebs and we're approaching the end of the year. So we'll be dusting off the cobwebs for our bold predictions of 2019 oh, as well, which should be fun. So stay tuned for that. But uh, as always, thanks for listening. Great to be chatting stocks with you, Ren. And uh, we'll touch base next week. Sounds good. Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.